0: Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears.
1: On Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Just look for Real Estate in the 608. I'm Ben Anton. And I'm Adam Elliott.
2: Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up
0: in a Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. And welcome to Real Estate in the 608,
1: Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. We are currently available on Apple Podcasts, Just Ask Siri or Alexa, Play real estate in the 608. Welcome, Ben. We made it to episode five. Episode five. Does that mean something, that this is like a foundational number? Is this a benchmark, number five? I'm a little afraid. We've been, what are you afraid of? We, <laughs> each, Don't be afraid, Each ben. of <laughs> Each of the episodes thus
0: far, in my opinion, was markedly better than the one before. Mm-hmm. So we set a standard for ourselves, is what we you're have, saying. We have, we've, and we've, we, the bar is getting kind of high. Well, I guess we're going
1: to have to, like work on our jumping skills or something.
0: I don't know. I'm hoping that the uh,
1: that the guests we bring in are going to keep things fresh and we will be but a vehicle. That is true. That is, that is what we do. And we should say that Real Estate in the 608, it's a podcast. You are listening to a podcast if you weren't aware. Uh, for homeowners, landlords, and people thinking about investment properties, people just want to be better at living in a house, right? People who want to or might enjoy surrounding themselves with people smarter than they are about a particular topic. That's such an important thing to do. And we do it so often because we find that there are so many people that are smarter than us. (laughs) It's relatively easy for you and I. I know. It's not a hard task. And each month, some of the recurring
0: features, you're right, Adam, is the, the top of the hour tip. Um, which is going to be a broker-associate from Lauer Realty with, uh, with a little tidbit, little takeaway for mm-hmm. everybody, guaranteed there Good the nugget. top of the hour. We're going to have the market update, which is going to be helping everybody keep their fingers on the pulse. What's the market doing here as, as this episode drops and as the, uh, in the, the appropriate or the time of season that we are, what, what could we learn about that? And then each month we're also joined by Phil Plord, uh my business partner in Deacon Housing. He is someone who keeps his fingers on the pulse of much larger markets. Mm -hmm. Uh, As uh, president of Blimling and Associates and working with Dairy.com, he studies the markets well beyond Madison and well beyond real estate. So he drops in to give us a look at uh, what's happening beyond the 608.
1: Yeah, if there was ever a person that has their finger on the pulse, it's Phil. And we
0: said, hello, Ben, but who are you? What do you do? I'm Ben. I'm a real estate broker. I'm a landlord. Work
1: down the street at the Lower Realty Group. Have a couple apartments. Not too far from here. Not too far. You'd help me buy my house, too, I'll say. So... Many thanks. A medium that. distance um, from here. I don't know, it's not too far. Uh, my name is uh, Adam Elliott. I am a homeowner, uh, former news reporter, and radio person in the Madison area. So maybe you've heard the voice before. But the, I would say I am also a kitchen remodeler, or at yes. least a survivor. Of a said ki- a task.
0: kitchen remodel survivor. And, yeah. <laughs> and we'll be and we'll be joining uh, later. Uh, a former client of mine and a, and a fellow. Kitchen Remodel Survivor.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think this is this is an interesting. You know, um, I've, I've been practicing her name, uh, Dorotea Alexieva. There you go. Did I get it? I think I got it right on the first We're gonna time. We're going to ring the bell. I, I know. <laughs> Where's our bell? Let's ring that. So she much like me is, is also a homeowner maybe not an expert or a builder or a constructor or anything but she has done this job and once you go through this process i think you feel like you can do many of these jobs that are involved in a kitchen remodel
0: yes i've said she's not an expert though she expertly uh
1: navigated the kitchen remodel of her own home oh, that is impressive so impressive <laughs> So, Ben, since last time, uh,
0: what's been going on? Since last time, I have been very busy, and, and there seems to be a theme. I have been fortunate enough to, uh, to I'll, I'll say, earn some accepted offers from my clients, but I am having all kinds of inspection trouble like you would not believe.
1: Hmm. What's, uh, what's going on there? Any, um,
0: I'm can thinking discuss? about a house in Mount Horeb where we stumbled upon a lead service line, oh. a lead water service line. That an attorney, I'm a. Man, we were on the phone, but I was imagining she would look me straight in the eye uh-huh. and tell me that's not a defect. So there we go, it's for not. sale by for sale by owner in Mount Horeb telling me that a lead service line is not a defect. Have you turned on the news? I think uh,
1: Detroit might have a different uh, story for it's you. It's
0: interesting yeah. the different the the different perceptions people have both in Madison and outside of Madison yeah. as it relates to lead service lines, huh. um, but a lot of electrical issues as well. I have had to call six different, this, I'll call the same electricians, but uh-huh. for six different houses in the last month. I've had to get either antiquated or archaic wiring, like knob
1: and tube. We can get into that someday. We'll do a whole show on uh, uh-huh. on old electrical. But wow, well, I'm hearing the frustration in your voice. Would you like a hug? It's, 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 that seems like it was <laughs> troublesome, man. It was. It's it's one. You, you know, you work, you strive, you yeah. aim, you you,
0: try, you get the accepted offer, and then you think you're done. You're not done. There's always more. There's always
1: another summit. There's always another um, hurdle or yeah. two
0: before that closing table?
1: Oh, well, I would say uh, since last time for me, life is good as the first gentleman of District 3 in Madison. Oh, congratulations um, I don't, I don't again. know if we spoke on this yet, or did or did we mention this, but my significant other, Lindsay Lemmer, did win her uh, seat as an alderwoman now for Madison. Going through the pomp and circumstance was actually kind of fun. Are there uh, privileges? Uh, I, 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 I'm sure there is. I just need to find out what they are first, <laughs> but I know there's something. But, I saw that she gets a special parking spot. I, it, it's, that's what I thought too. I thought at the bottom of the city county building there are spaces because I know there's something down there. There's actually only like four spaces that all 20 council people have to share. <laughs> Which is Someone. fine during the day when they <laughs> drop into the office. But right.
0: Yeah. Those Monday night council meetings when, is because
1: someone's parking on the street. When business takes place, not everybody gets a parking space. That is what's been going on since last time. Let's take a look at From the Headlines. <laughs>
0: Last episode, we talked about uh, the cheapest sale, not just in Madison, but in Dane County. And right. we ended up in a little two-bedroom cottage on Lake Koshkonong. Mm-hmm. The lovely Lake Koshkanong. In the uh, W L, Where were you? <laughs> WFAW. AM in the,
1: 940. In the
0: WFAW <laughs> listening area. Yeah. Um, and this month again, the cheapest house in Dane County actually is back in Madison. I oh, was kind of okay. surprised to see. Not very cheap though. Uh, we'd had a few one thirties and one forties up on the north side. Okay. Well, we stumble onto a little one hundred forty thousand dollar fixer on Olin Avenue. Okay. Those are becoming a little more rare, aren't they? Yeah, in that the, price the, range. Little the project houses are not as frequent. The foreclosures not as frequent. Um, but this was a former rental, pretty beat up. Uh, and sold at 140 on Olin. So the Bay Creek neighborhood, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's not, uh, not too far down the list after Atwood and Shakes Corners and Williamson. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of nice, uh, neighborhood feel down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too far from the lake, bike path accessible mm-hmm. just across the lake to the downtown. Um, but yeah, 140 on Olin Ave, uh, 1160 square feet, a cash sale, mm-hmm. yep. and, uh, And then uh, something that we might think about or talk about later is condition as it
1: relates to financing. Mm -hmm. I'm getting better at this, and I know that 140 is a price that has come to based on other estimates of houses in the area. And that's how you kind of land on what that number is going to be, is what are your, I don't know, do you call them comps in the yeah, business? Yeah, comps or comparative sales. Comparative sales. That's how you get to that number sometimes.
0: So there might not be any other comparative sales at this price. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you're going to think about how much would it cost to make this house comparable yes. to the others that have sold right. uh, and i think that's likely what happened here um but in a cash sale there is often not an appraisal mm-hmm. and no one's going to need to justify this purchase price okay do i smell a house flipping coming this in is the likely near future i would so here's the thing when a house is in terrible condition not every bank will loan you money to buy it Okay, a house needs to be in a minimum standard right. in order to get what is called a conventional loan, and a conventional mm-hmm. loan is one that can be resold through brokers like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. All right, so this house did not meet those conditions. Did not. Okay. A bank there, there are, there are very few banks that would loan you the money, and if they did, it would be in-house money or what's called a portfolio loan, which is just the bank saying we have this money. This is not a mortgage. We are going to resell. We believe in you based on your track record, your credit, and gotcha. your debt to income, and the amount of money you're putting in, we're comfortable giving you this money knowing it'll be a win. So trust plus some other conditions. Trust plus yeah. some other conditions. So this was a fixer. Somebody paid cash for it. Now, on the other end, mm-hmm. the most expensive sale in Madison or in Dane County, again, this in the, since we talked last, was a, a relatively modest Six hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, all right. I'm going to put an asterisk on that. Relatively, relatively mod- modest. <laughs> That's Relative. A high. This one is not on the water. <laughs> we right. had a couple on the water in Maple Bluff and Fuller Drive. And then last last month we talked about the uh, the half acre on Lake That's Mendota great. and Shorewood. Mm-hmm. Well, we're on the west side. We're at about Old Sock and Pleasant View. So okay. a house yeah. built in 1997, relatively half new. Half an acre, yeah. four bed, four bath. Again, a cash sale. We talked about the cash discount on one of those expensive houses. Uh, this property was only on the market 10 days, originally listed at 750 and closes at 685 So, again, somebody with money came in there and said, I'll, I'll, I'll take that off your hands for you.
1: How often is that happening at this price range that somebody's coming in with cash? $685,000 in cash. That sounds shady to me. All of a sudden, I don't
0: know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about all kinds of things. But the the person who has six hundred eighty five thousand dollars in cash, I'm not seeing myself living at Old Sock and Pleasant View. Mm-hmm. I might save up a little bit more and and go bigger, right? Get a little bit more interior. It's it was pretty big, forty eight hundred square foot. That's, that's a big,
1: big stuff. That's a decent yeah. house.
0: This a lot of vacuuming and swiffering. Jeez, you're going to go through a, both. <laughs> both were cash sales. Uh-huh. Both were quick sales, and for less than ask. All right. Because of the cash, though, is what the probably cash is getting the cash in condition in the case of the place on Olin. But one more one. Uh, as we talk about the high and the low, mm-hmm. we can talk about the average. And that was probably the biggest thing in the headlines this last month. Absolutely. Was the uh, the new assessments. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, our guest today, Dorothea, likely uh, one of the people who questioned her assessment mm-hmm. uh, as she stood in her spotless, gleaming, brand new kitchen.
1: When it comes to it, who doesn't question the assessment the first time that they see it in the mail? They're like, what is this thing? <laughs> exactly. And my, mine came staggered over two days, and I thought I, I thought I
0: was off the hook, but I got one, and then the next day, two more, and I was just, oh my good. But yes, everyone, their first instinct is to question, but the Madison average house value rose to
1: $300,000. Okay. So part of the assessment is inflation. I mean, that just happens. Some of it goes up, but this was a significant jump, I think, for a lot of folks. The
0: Sales over the last year all showed growths in, in price and appreciation nearing double digits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here we are, the average house is three hundred thousand dollars, yet so many buyers want something better than average in a neighborhood that's better than average. Uh-huh. Well then we're gonna learn that the, if you if you want to live in the better than average neighborhood, you're probably gonna end up in a less than average house or you're going to yeah, pay for it. Right. You know, so the so location location, price or, price,
1: you know. Or what? is the definition of average now changing because of this? Like what was once average or was what what was once basic is now actually average. <laughs> is average changing? Is, is average changing?
0: <laughs> Let's do Dora, some statistical Dora analysis. is really <laughs> good with the numbers. We'll ask her. We'll ask her when she joins us. Uh. is joining us, it's, it's, uh, its former client, or I shouldn't say former, uh-huh. I should just say its client, its neighbor, its friend, Dorothea. Dorotea <laughs> with the with the pause because yeah. they're
1: waiting for me to say the last name. You say the last
3: Alexieva. name, right?
1: Alexieva. <laughs> Alexieva.
0: Thank you. You
3: got it right. Uh,
1: Fantastic. Uh welcome Dorotea. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs>
3: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is a pleasure and like I said before, I will apologize if I slaughter your name as we go through this. It's not meant in any uh bad way. No,
3: no way. problem. That happens to me all the time. It does. People have called me all kinds of different things, so <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> all right, good. Good. So
0: good. Dorotea is a two-time homeowner, a two a two-time mother, a kitchen remodel survivor, and fun aside, we'll be counting how many times we can get her to say, in my country. In my country.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With a we... thick accent. <laughs> yeah,
1: Really, really dial it up for us if you could. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've got the tally mark set right to the side so we can start uh, tipping those off. Uh, let us take a break, though, before we go any further and uh, check out the top of the hour tip.
0: It's time for the top of the hour tip. Top of the hour tip is brought to us by Lauer Realty Group at 2229 Atwood Avenue and online at com. Lower Realty, powerful results, real people. One of those real people here with us right now, Mark you so glad you stopped by.
4: Thanks, Ben. I'm so glad I was able to stop by. So the top of the hour tip, we want to talk about putting lipstick on a pig, Right. So this is how we get into that. So the top of the hour tip is this. If the average price of a home, the average assessed value of a home is now $300,000 in the Madison area. So your tip is to be looking for probably a less than average home in a better than average neighborhood. The reason for this is that your neighborhood will be able to accept all of the improvements and the new valuation once you've put that work in. So a better return on investment if I buy
0: the ugly house on the pretty street. Exactly. Just put the lipstick on that pig. Thank you, Mark. That's the top of the hour tip brought to us by Lauer Realty Group. Group LauerRealtyGroup.com I walk around all day, all night.
2: I walk around.
1: Welcome back to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You can find us online at in the608.com. Or, or in the 608 on the Facebook. On the Facebooks. You can I think you can find us on the Insta too, right? Yeah, set you set up know, our I, account? I haven't been really good with the pictures. Oh, Ben. That's okay. The, we have like a guest in studio today that could probably help us out with some cool pictures because Kitchen of, the, pics. of the work that was just done. Welcome again to the show, Dorothea Alexieva. Yes. I get it? She, she's, giving <laughs> me a, she's giving me a head nod, so I, I think I'll go with that. And call that I with think
0: it. we both said it differently and she nodded the same.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's close enough. It's close enough.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: In any case, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. So we know she has great taste in real estate agents, Mm -hmm. but is she fun? Mm, Great question. How would we tell? We're going to find out if she's fun by playing a little game we call The Way It Used to Be. There used to be, there used
2: to be, there used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see, car in every driveway, swinging every tree can't stop talking about the way things used to be
0: Dorotea you are not from around here you no, are I'm as not. i as we as adam and i joked you are our second immigrant guest <laughs> Steve Pipson was Steve from Pipson. New you, Zealand, right? Steve Pipson yeah. also as a fellow Jackson Street uh, resident, uh, was with us. He's from New Zealand, and Dorothea joins us not directly from Bulgaria, but there you go. We are spanning the globe, is what we're doing right <laughs> spanning here. Spanning the <laughs> globe. So we're going to do this a little bit differently, since you spent a good portion of your life in a different country. Uh, uh, we're going to have some questions about Madison, the way it used to be, and then we're going to have one special Bulgarian question for you. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, looking forward even to Adam, this. Even twist. Adam Very doesn't nice. know what's coming. No. All right. So you mentioned you you mentioned you came to uh, America from Bulgaria at seventeen. You you look you look now to be about what twenty one.
3: Uh, just about twenty yeah. one. <laughs> so so
0: you've been in the state four years. We'll make these questions easy. <laughs> I'll make the question easier with some relatively recent history. Name two previous tenants in what is now the chocolate shop ice cream shop chocolate shop ice cream shop um, (laughs) at the corner of Jackson and Atwood
3: I don't know this for sure but I think one of them was a beads shop and then the other Mm -hmm. one Well, I I think I've heard they used to sell drugs out of that place
1: The, out of okay. a shop on the, the be- east side
0: of Madison? Come <laughs> on. What <are> <laughs> I do. I, uh, let's go ahead and ring the bell. Yeah, That's, that's a win there? Okay. <laughs> to suggest that drugs were at some point sold out of that building does not. We're going to ring the bell for that. Um, and I will base that assumption on the fact that it was once Steve's Tattoos. Oh, yeah, a very that's long right. time ago. For sure, the drugs were sold
3: from the <laughs> tattoo shop.
0: It was Steve's tattoo. Uh, it was also—I don't know if it had a name—but everyone, I think, called it just the Jamaica shop.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I remember there, going you, in when you, it was. you the Jamaica
0: needed show. a uh, tie-dyed something or yeah. one of those kind of braided
1: rope hoodie things, or kind of like like wall art or like room art of a. Jamaican oh sure, some nature. kind of like a yeah. Bob
0: Marley yes wall hanging. Uh-huh. That would that would be where you'd go. That was the place. Nice. Yeah. No and then beads, also, then. Uh, there may have been a bead shop, and then there was the Honey Bee Bakery. The Honey Bee mm-hmm. Bakery. It was, a, was, a, was a, just a glip just barely. Boy. If you blinked, you might have missed it. Barely remember that one. Okay. Uh, so here, here we go. Number two. Opportunity number two for the bell. Name a Madison. This is because I know where your first house was on the on the near north side. Mm -hmm. Uh, Name a Madison area liquor store where beer and wine can be purchased for carryout post nine p.m.
3: Well, I think I know the the shop, but I don't know what it's called. It's probably the one on Sherman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's it's Vic Pierce. Does it still stand? Oh, Vic Pierce. Vic Pierce Pierce Liquor. Yeah. I look when you Google them, and then you see the like. It says, when are they busiest? You know that little chart? (laughs) Right when everyone else. Funny enough, it's like right between 9 and 10. (laughs) When are they busiest? How how long do people spend there generally? Right. So how
3: come they're open after (laughs) 9?
0: Because uh, they are in the town of Burke. They are not in the city of Madison. They are in the town of Burke. Funny story, uh, years ago on Tinder... I there's a (laughs) Jerry's tell us
1: about your Tinder experience I'm at a bar (laughs) on Fair Oaks Uh I'm at
0: a bar on Fair Oaks called Jerry's place Uh a little bit of a dive one of those I think I really down there like I'm in the deep already and then I dive Fair Um, Oaks at
1: 30 and you
0: can get carry out there as well like uh, what what one in the south or outside of a city like ours might refer to as
1: packaged goods Right, is that that's, that's super old timey? I think that's pretty old timey. Packaged I th- goods. I think like carry out liquor is like yeah. if you can take it out of the business. That's well, that's that, that's
0: another. Yeah. Uh, what do they call it in your country? Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 okay, Ben. So for question three, we've got something unusual here, right?
0: Question three is uh, is a re- is a recording. Okay. Uh, from a friend of mine, a stand up comedian, Jim Hamilton, mm-hmm. a a a joke uh, uh, that we'll play for the street
1: jokes from around the world. Okay, and the payoff will be something we learn from what Jim is about to tell us, right?
0: Yes. Is, there, is the payoff, is that like uh, the punchline? The, yes, the, the, the question the answer that we, that we will get. <laughs> we, will, the we will be looking for clarification. <laughs> clarification on, is this joke funny?
5: So there's this shepherd, and this shepherd he's tending to his sheeps. and I'm keeping that from the Bulgarian guy that told it to me. It's not supposed to be an S, but So the shepherd is sending to his sheeps. And his sheeps are taking a nap. So the shepherd thinks, ah, I can close my eyes for a minute. So he leans up against the tree, closes his eyes. He opens them like a minute later, and his sheeps are gone. He panics. He's running all over his field, can't find his sheeps. But he does see in the field right next door is a farmer on his tractor. So he runs over to the farmer. He's like, excuse me, sir. Hello, hi, I'm a shepherd. That's my field right over there. I've seemed to have lost my sheep. I'm hoping I'm hoping that you've seen which direction they went and I'll go get them. And the farmer says, "Well, I'm just a simple farmer. I drive to that tree, I turn around, I drive to this tree. I turn around, I drive to that tree, turn around back to this tree." It's like, "Oh, I'm not accusing you of anything." Shepherd's like, "I just need to know which direction they went and I'll go get them." And the farmer's like, "I drive to that tree. I turn around. I drive to this tree. Just then, a man on a bicycle comes up the road. The shepherd waves him down. He's like, excuse me, sir. Hi, I'm a shepherd. That's my field over there. I lost my sheeps. I think this farmer guy knows where they went, but I'm having trouble communicating with him. I'm hoping you can help me out. And then the man on the bicycle says, I think you are both trying to steal my bike. It's probably a pun in Bulgarian. So, my question for you, Dorotea. One, do all
0: Bulgarian street jokes start with a shepherd or a man applying for a job at the circus?
3: No. No, okay. <laughs> and, and, in summary, is it a pun? So I think I get it. I had to think about it for a second. But first of all, <clears throat> not all jokes start this way. And I actually don't know for sure how d- all jokes start. But I know mo- a lot of jokes start with a donkey.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> does, does the donkey walk into a bar? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and a lot of jokes start with um, uh, a character named Hitter Petter. Uh, his name is Peter Petter. Oh, okay. yeah. And Hitter stands for um, tricky. So it's Tricky Shiki Peter. Tricky Peter, okay. So that leads me to uh, why this joke was funny. It's because um, these guys think that the farmer is trying to trick them. Not the Just, farmer. The shepherd is trying to trick the other guys. Uh, to steal uh, his bike. To steal, to steal either the tractor or the bike.
0: So we don't know that the shepherd...
3: <laughs> I don't know for sure, but that's kind of where my brain was <laughs>
0: No, I, I get that out of this joke. We my... don't know that the shepherd was named Peter, but it's certainly possible.
1: <laughs> I thought the funny part of that joke, you kept laughing when he would say sheep's, sheeps plural. <laughs> and I'm like, there is something funny about this. I'm just not getting what it is right now.
3: It's just, uh, you know, being a foreigner. Sometimes you gotcha. don't know okay. how to say the word the, properly right. and it's... <laughs> the translation
0: maybe maybe we'll ring the bell for that yeah let's ring it excellent well done <laughs> thank you dorotea for t- for letting us wander a bit from the script and, we don't and and normally and we, and you know we we i, we jo- I talk we joke Surrounding ourselves with people smarter than us, sometimes we we uh, we surround ourselves with people that are that are funnier than us. That was Jim Hamilton. Uh, for those of you who went to school with me, uh, you may remember him as a fellow communication arts uh, uh-huh. uh, student. And uh, and thank you to him for allowing us to include him today. Um, you know we include a lot of people. We've this is my second Jackson Street neighbor uh-huh. that's joined us. The uh, the uh, the musicians that we that we have join us are local people, Our local artists. Mm-hmm. with whom I have worked uh, either as a landlord or as a, as a real estate broker and that is how how we met Dorothea the first time is when she and her betrothed uh, Alex uh, needed to buy a house and uh, and since then I've kind of been able to to watch them live in their new house and, and make it one that they uh, find suitable for their children
1: their darling mm. darling little children. Very very nice. Um, thank you for playing along, Dorothee. Great job. We're going to take a break right now to check in with the market update. We'll find out what's going on in local real estate and trends with guidance for both buyers and
0: sellers. It's time for the market update. It's real estate in 608, an almost monthly podcast for Madison homeowners, landlords, and people who just want to be better at living in a house. We're going to surround ourselves with people smarter than we are today. One of those
4: people is Mark Gladue. Glad you stopped by. Thanks, Ben. Uh, so now we're in the month of May, which seems almost impossible, but we're starting to get some solid figures coming in for the Madison area. And this is strictly for single-family single, single family homes. And so the update here is that we've seen the median home price in the Madison area go up by almost $20,000 exactly. 2018 saw $259,900 as the median home price. Now we're at $279,900. So that means that we are inching ever so close to $300,000 as the median price in Madison. I can remember... 14, 15 years ago where we were at 200000 I don't know if you'll remember that, Ben. Uh, but this is one of the things that we're noticing is that the inventory is so, so low right now that it's driving these prices up. And so if you're out there as a buyer, you want to beware that you're not overpaying in an undervalued neighborhood.
0: So how long have you had that real estate license, Mark? 15 years, Ben. I think that's exactly as long as I've had mine. <laughs> but thanks for checking.
6: <laughs>
0: no, that's all right. Um, and there's the market update from Mark Gladue broker associate at LauerRealtyGroup.com. And that's the market update from Mark Gladue broker associate at Lauer Realty Group. Thank you, Mark, for stopping by. You Betman.
6: I got the blues cause my baby left me down to San Francisco Bay on the ocean liner gone so far away oh I didn't mean to treat you so bad she was the best girl i ever have had oh, she said goodbye made me cry gonna lay me right down and die
0: when so dorotea again i mentioned earlier the movie coming to america <laughs> was re- was released in 1988 uh 88 when did you come to america
3: well if i say the year that then you're going to know how old i am
1: Oh, be, oh, because we already
3: that's said
0: right. you were seventeen. We, well, I was you,
3: seventeen. We can
1: do some deductive
0: math No, it's math okay.
3: Here. I came in ninety-seven.
0: Ninety-seven. Well, then that's even easy math because mm-hmm. ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so, so I won't go into too much about like what, what, why'd you decide to move to America? You end up in Madison. Yes. And we'll we'll talk very briefly mm-hmm. about your first home, which was nearer Vic Pierce. Than we are right now. What what led to the decisions to buy in that first home?
3: Well, I was married at the time to my ex husband, and um, we were actually living in Fort Atkinson, commuting to Verona. And he was he was working in Madison, I was working in Verona. Um, Side
1: side note, Fort Atkinson is the F-A-N-W-F-A-W. W-F-A-W, Fort Atkinson, (laughs) the AM radio station. Maybe you knew that. That was one of my original radio locations. I am sorry. I thought stepped on exactly (laughs) what you were saying, but please continue.
3: So, yeah, we were commuting um, and we were renting an apartment in Fort Atkinson. So we um, wanted to move to Madison to uh, shorten our drive, um, but we couldn't really afford a very expensive house. And actually, my... Ex-husband really wanted to get a cheap house. So uh, we were looking at some of those fixer-uppers and um, found a a home over close to, as you said, Vic Pierce by the Oscar Mayer factory Mm -hmm. and purchased that home. And what
0: year about was that-ish?
3: 2005? Okay. Mm -hmm. So
0: prices had been climbing. Mm -hmm. Buying a home was still looking like a really great idea Mm -hmm. for another year or two. (laughs) And you pick up a little, a modest home. On Madison's North Side. Correct. And then how long did you own that house?
3: Three years.
0: Three years. So just about after the market comes in, it's time to not have that house anymore.
3: Well, this is a long story, but we were getting a divorce, and well, it's
0: time to, <laughs> which is a good of reason of any, a good good a reason as any to not have a house with someone anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My value of the house didn't get reduced because when we were going through the divorce, the house got the house assessed. was
0: valuated at the time of the divorce. That is something that people really need to think about. If if you are in a relationship and it's time to break up, and you are splitting the value of the house, you are selling right then.
1: Right, yeah, and this probably happens way more often than we think happens, right? Oh,
0: it happened quite a bit. I sold yeah. quite a few houses in 2009 through 13 where one partner retained the home, uh-huh. had bought uh-huh. out their partner, and now the se- the person who retained the home was taking 100% of the hit. It's, uh-huh. it's totally not fair. But no, if, if you own a house with, with a partner and then you buy it at the high... And and you, and you, your relationship fails at a high, uh-huh. and then years, and then a couple years later they need to move for a job. It
1: might not be high anymore. Man, this this could be a show unto itself. This it's could like, be a what show do, unto itself. One to do in that situation.
0: <laughs> so she walks away scot free, divorce divorcing <laughs> at exactly the right minute at the peak, <laughs> <laughs> at the peak of the real estate market. She takes that equity. She finds herself a new man, and she buys an Atwood. Well done. Good job. <laughs> I think this story, I guess
3: I did this story better
0: has,
1: than I thought. This has a happy ending, right?
3: But here. she bought
0: a house with an ugly kitchen. Oh,
3: yes.
1: I knew there's always a twist in these stories. I sold her a house with an ugly kitchen. Why why would you do that, Ben? I it
3: thought was, you were
0: her friend. I
3: I am. <laughs> it was one of those situations oh. where you have to buy a not so great house in a great neighborhood, mm-hmm.
0: and that was four years, five, jeez, and a half, five, five and, and a half, half, five and a half years ago. Uh, buying buying in the Atwood uh, neighborhood in the mid twos, mm-hmm. and and uh, we talked about questioning assessments just a little bit ago. Um, according to the assessor, she made a very wise decision. So five and a half years ago, you buy a house that needs a new kitchen. I know some of the first things you did in that house were the low-hanging fruit. You pulled out the carpet. You got the floors refinished. You had some, some simple things done. But after a few years, you decided, you know what, it's time to do a kitchen. Tell us a little bit about um, some of those initial steps when you, when you were thinking, what should I do now?
3: Kitchen really came up on top of the list of what should I do now because... Mainly because we didn't have a dishwasher at our old kitchen, and we have two little kids, and we were doing dishes until something like ten p.m. at night. Yeah, okay. And uh, on top of that, the kitchen was very old. It was people. Some people estimated around fifties, sixties. Sure, steel steel
0: cabinets Mm is is one of the things I recall, and those are stylish. Um, a lot of people love them, but uh, hard to put in that dishwasher.
3: Right. Right. I mean, th- the way it was laid out, there was really no opportunity to take out a cabinet or something to put a dishwasher. It was just not a very good positioning. Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the things I think that uh, that presented a hurdle or made it harder to imagine a new space was, um, was a radiator. Your house has hot right. water heat. There was a big radiator under the window or under the biggest window mm-hmm. in the room, which is often where they are. And, uh, and that's where the sink is now.
3: Correct. So this was a really underutilized space because, as you said, the, there was a huge radiator right under the window. And the only thing you, had, you could have there was, we didn't have to have this, but that's the, what the house came with, was kind of like a half moon uh, countertop. Yeah, so like you a, could, shallow, okay.
0: mm-hmm. a shallow countertop bare, not quite big enough for a microwave, but a little a little prep space, a little additional space to get things ready.
3: Or like a breakfast a bar kind of thing. You could sure. you know, eat cereal or something there. Mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. really didn't use that space for anything. Um, so that's that reimagining that space really helped us utilize that mm-hmm. kitchen a little bit better.
0: So one of the things I know you looked at first, because you—I don't want to say you're frugal, but you're 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 you, you, you're someone frugal. who's mm-hmm. who, who's who's wise with their money and is willing to investigate things and and try to do things uh, the right way. What are, what were some of your first instincts as to as to how how are we going to make this kitchen more modern and uh, meet our expectations but not not uh, blow the bank?
3: Well, my initial thought was um, buy an IKEA kitchen. I had um, talked, my boss actually had had an Ikea kitchen, and I had talked with a couple of other people, um, did a little bit of research online, and I thought an Ikea kitchen was going to be a really good idea for for our space. Mm-hmm. But then uh, when we started thinking about it and talking to some contractors, and we quickly realized that an Ikea kitchen might be a good opportunity for a newer home, for an older home such as ours, you really don't have any 90 degree angles in the kitchen, which sure. is really mm-hmm. what you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with, what you need with an IKEA kitchen is you have to have it all perfect and lay out perfectly because there's really no room to give with the, with the material that you're mm-hmm. working with.
1: Uh, we should throw in for folks who don't know what an IKEA kitchen is that essentially means they have a plan set forth that you just execute with it. They they come with a prescribed kitchen. Right,
3: yep, and you can work with them to develop Mm -hmm. the plan, but essentially you get all your materials, you load them up into Mm -hmm. a U-Haul or something, and you take them all, you know, you you have to go to Chicago probably, which is two hours away, so that's another kind of added cost.
0: Or Mm -hmm. Oak Creek. Yeah, that's right. Oak Creek now,
3: but at the time it wasn't even there yet, so, um, but yeah, there's that... You have to haul it, and then you have to either install it yourself, which we weren't handy enough to do, or you hire a contractor to actually assemble it and install.
0: Gotcha. So some some hurdles in putting things that are a perfect square inside a kitchen that is no longer a perfect square. That's right. (laughs)
1: You're listening to Real Estate in the 608. My name's Adam Elliott. This is Ben Anton, just to my right. We're speaking with Dorothea Lectiva. And you have just gone through the kitchen remodel process. What we had just described is that you came to the quick realization, like this is a first step, I'm guessing a lot of people. You're like, I had an idea about how I'm gonna do this kitchen. Wait a minute. It's not going to happen. I've got to come up with a, a backup plan.
3: Right, yeah. And uh, so we kind of went on the other extreme for a little bit. Um, we um, decided, okay, we're not going to do Ikea kitchen, but what we're going to do is we're going to knock down the wall between the kitchen and the dining room.
0: This is the wall that everybody asks their real estate agent, <laughs> is this a load-bearing wall? Every, you know, the open concept, the idea of, of washing your dishes while you watch your children play peacefully, uh, maybe doing some coloring or arts and crafts at the dining room table. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. This wall is in the way. (laughs) It is a load-bearing wall. Of course. Which which makes it relatively, and every wall, a load-bearing wall or not, can be removed. Uh, oh, it simply okay. needs to have some, something else needs to do the job of, uh, of, of of
1: bearing that load. Right. But then we're talking, the description you're talking about here is that some other work needs to be done in the kitchen. Right. So what, what led yeah. to the, because I've seen the wall,
0: it's still there.
3: Mm-hmm. How it is. We, how did we get there? Well, you know, we talked with a couple of people, I think um, we were kind of estimating that the removing the wall alone was going to be about $6,000 more. Mm-hmm. And there's risk involved, the thing can just collapse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't like to think about those risks. But here, <laughs> but here we are. And you may have seen on the Real Estate in 608 Facebook post, there was an apartment building uh, on the southwest side of Madison. Where some remodeling was happening in the lower level. In fact, your friend, your friend and mine, uh, Carol, mm-hmm. tra- Carol in traffic. Oh, uh, yeah. Her son, <laughs> sure. Her yeah. son lived in an, in the apartment building that that's had oh, a had a structure failure. That's what that was. Um, oh yeah, my gosh, and it was yeah, it was it was some um, some remodeling in the basement. Somebody moved the load-bearing wall. So, about six thousand dollars, you're thinking to have that wall removed. That seems a little high to me, but I'm always shooting low because I'm I'm doing mm-hmm. things myself. Adam, you're a little bit of a do-it-yourselfer as well. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You you oversaw a kitchen remodel with a with a family friend.
1: That's true. Um, some of the exact details that you're describing, I am relating 100% to. Um, you realize, like this might be bigger than what I can handle all right. of a sudden. Okay, a load-bearing wall. I don't know what to do with a load-bearing wall. What did you do?
3: Right, and the other, the other problem with removing the wall that people don't think about is you lose a lot of cabinet space. Mm-hmm. Having that wall there gives you, right now we have our oven there, our microwave, and a ton of cabinets um, that you would have to kind of position elsewhere or not have them at all. So mm-hmm. yeah, not but- having the wall can be you're going
0: to lose a lot of uppers now and those are be- those are the beautiful uppers that i can see from my porch when I look across our side street and I can wave to Dorotea or Alex.
3: Yeah, you know, when he said that he's dishes, been watching, he, when he said he's been watching us for the last five and a half years, he was being pretty literal. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> ben, we should give context here. You are watching and you know the location of things because of your work. Because, <laughs> because yes. of the real estate expertise. Um, just to make that clear. I'm not, I'm not creepy like that. Uh-huh.
3: So after we decided that the wall-bearing wall was not something to be touched, we started thinking about okay, what can we do with the space we already have? How could mm-hmm. we rearrange? How could we, uh, you know, uh, utilize the space by the window more? Um, and I started doing some research. I um, um, I asked Ben for um, contractor names, and I think somebody, the person he gave me was out of the country at the time. Uh, but um, I talked with some other people, friends. Um, I went to um, Nextdoor uh, for recommendations. It's actually a pretty good good tool. You can go and uh, search there. Kitchen Remodel. This is Kitchen
1: the on, online neighborhood forum. Yep, the app. The, yep. the, the Facebook, Twitter version of your neighborhood.
3: And actually, that's how I found my contractor that I oh, used. Oh, that's great! Yeah. do I say their name here? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. So we uh, we ended up going with uh, um, Blue Terra. I think it's mm-hmm. Blue Terra Designs, and um, I found them on uh, Next Door. I had seen somebody recommending them. Um, it was a small kitchen. Um, this. Um, a woman lived in, in in a smaller house and she wanted to do something uh, with her kitchen. She wanted to do some of it herself uh, and use a contractor for some of the things that she couldn't do. So she um, sang them praises that, you know, they really helped her. Um, they even taught her some of the how, how to do some of the work herself. And they were very honest and very responsive, which was important to me. So um, we decided to go with Blue Tear.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong. You in this situation, you learned about they they were doing part of the job, uh, and allowing the homeowner to do some. I I recall you're communicating directly with either the electrician or the tile guy, so you had stepped in and. and taken over some of the general contracting role or some right. some of the things that one might assume the general contractor would do. But in your situation, you were dealing directly.
3: Yeah. So the model that uh, Blue Terra operates um, or operated at the time um, with was um, they are playing the role of the general contractor, but you um, pay directly to the different... to the different subcontractors. Mm -hmm. And because you pay them directly, you actually, you become more involved with them uh, because, you know, if something doesn't look good, um, Mm -hmm. you might as well just reach out to them directly. And it was I felt like we worked as a partnership. It wasn't like I was overbearing or anything, but it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't see my facial expression. <laughs> and, and then like my question is, is did you like that kind of experience? Because there's contractors that will act like it's a project manager, just do everything for you. And yeah. then there's other ways that you can split up the tasks.
3: I mean, I, I liked it, especially from a cost perspective. We actually met one contractor, one general contractor that told us that we would be paying him alone. Just, just for the con, you know, the project management work was Mm going to be $10,000, you know, not to mention materials and like everything else. Just the
1: administrative work. Just the
3: administrative work, the coordination and and everything. So, um, we didn't want to pay that. And, um, um, it, it also seemed like a really honest model for to me because when you're paying directly to the people doing the work, there's no additional uh, upcharge. Mm-hmm. So sure.
1: Cutting out the middleman.
3: Cutting out the middleman.
0: Yeah. If you're comfortable sharing, what was the big number from front to end, you know, old kitchen, metal cabinets, no dishwasher ill-placed radiator now to solid surface countertops custom tile backsplash deep deep is it a single sink just one bowl
3: it's one bowl but But it's like the size of like could put put
0: the kids in there if you needed to (laughs) um what what did in an old house in a beautiful old house what did that kitchen cost you it was close to
3: thirty-four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Thirty-four thousand dollars. But that includes all of the um, appliances. appliances. We got and it. So like the, end to end, absolutely everything. The light fixtures and everything. I include everything in my totals. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't have the numbers handy, but we all look at different you know, kitchens and bathrooms sell houses. but you don't have to listen to a podcast here and mm-hmm. that. And return on investment. Mm-hmm. is another thing. Now a deck. An the outdo- ROI is an the
1: call An outdoor
0: deck mm-hmm. is one of the few home improvements that returns greater than its cost. People will say, and when I say people, I mean people who write uh, content for websites and, and magazines and uh-huh. don't really know, but they looked it up. A deck will add about 110% of its, uh, or of its cost to the value of your home. I think I got gotcha. you, yeah. I think kitchens... Nice kitchens like this are somewhere about 75%, I think is what the statistical norm might be. Um, It's always hard to say because you can't compare apples to apples. It's not as if there were two identical houses. Dorotea spends $34,000 on a kitchen, Mm -hmm. and then those two houses sell, one with the old kitchen, one with the new. That's not how it works, but it's a nice kitchen. And she did not over-improve. It would be easy... To a, keep adding on. a by hiring the guy that charges ten thousand dollars to shuffle paper, it would be easy to over-improve a house and put a kitchen in a home that it in a house that did not deserve it. Mm-hmm. Had she spent thirty-four thousand dollars on the kitchen and on 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 your first house near Oscar Mayer, that
1: would have been overdoing would, it, right?
0: especially yeah. in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. You'd have sunk yourself. But in a house that deserves it, in a market that can support it, you can spend $34,000 on a kitchen remodel and expect to get the majority, if not all, of that money back. Oh
2: boy. It's the cops.
1: You are listening to Real Estate in the 608. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, He has been Anton. We are speaking with Dorotea Alexeva, talking about your kitchen remodel that that, uh, recently took place. Start to finish, what was the time frame of, like, how long was your kitchen down is the way I described it. Like, how long could I not use my kitchen until it was back to
3: me? I knew you were going to ask that yeah. question, and I, in my mind, it felt like months. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's exactly <laughs> not where having I'm going a kitchen this, right? or a bathroom for for that matter. It's it's really feels like a really long period of time. So one of the reasons why we liked Blue Terra is because they try to um, inconvenience you as little as possible.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: One of the things he does is he would put in. Um, a temporary sink in your kitchen. So um, we actually had a sink for pretty much the majority of the time that the remodel was going on. He also, uh, the way he organized the project was kind of like one thing is happening this week and then another is happening next week and there was very little wait time. So I would say it took about seven, eight weeks Mm -hmm. from end to end. We actually had to extend it by we had to wait for our tiles those custom tiles that ben mentioned came in uh some of them were the wrong size so they had to be re sure. manufactured. so that took some time but had that not happened the k- kitchen would have been done within seven eight weeks that's we had to really, wait that's a great
1: uh, timeline that's a quick timeline i think yeah and when we talk about like we're talking, eh, seven eight weeks that's no problem. When you're living seven to eight weeks without a kitchen,
3: feels like seven to eight months. Yes.
1: <laughs> I now I've done most of our most of the remodeling in
0: my kitchens myself. It took a lot longer than that, especially when you're living in the home and and I'm you know the cobblers the mm-hmm. cobblers children have no shoes. Uh-huh. Well, sometimes the home remodeler's family doesn't have a properly uh, finished kitchen. I, I don't think that's why. I'm divorced, but it probably didn't help. Um, but we had wood. We had wooden countertops in that temporary sink for for months, uh-huh, and and, the, right. and a kitchen a kitchen floor that was builder's paper uh, for yeah. For, yeah. for far longer than it should have been. So to watch that kitchen go from old but adequate to uh, sexier with a sizzle mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time was really uh, enjoy uh, enjoyable for me. And and aside from I don't know. I, did, I think I let one or two guys in on, on a day or two, but um, just watching, it all, watching someone else do the work that I do, but better, faster, uh-huh. and more efficiently yeah. uh, was enjoyable. Not
1: that I'm watching in a creepy way, but it's literally, <laughs> literally
0: across the street.
1: <laughs> um, and then the, the follow-up question is, is, knowing that this all was behind you, was it worth it?
3: Definitely worth it. Just having a dishwasher has changed my life. <laughs> and it just feels good to be in the kitchen. I like to cook, so I, Ben probably knows I'm in the kitchen quite a bit. <laughs> so um, so it, it is actually one of the more utilized spaces in the house, and it's it mm-hmm. was a good investment. Um, I, I did want to talk a little bit more about the money, Ben. Did you know that um, we actually financed one hundred percent of that investment?
1: Tell me more. Yeah, do tell. Do tell. What was the reason behind that, and and how did that work?
3: We didn't have any money to do it. <laughs> was the reason. <laughs> I'm sure that's a very common
1: thing that folks are like, thirty grand to. You're like, yes, I want a new kitchen, but like, how do I do this?
3: No, no, right. So we um, kind of started thinking about, you know. In, in about five years, when we have l- less um, expenses for daycare and, and things like that, maybe we'll have the money at, to do it at that point. Um, and maybe we'll sell shortly after that. I don't know. Um, but doing it now will give us an opportunity to actually enjoy the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I did a little bit of research, um, and um, I use UW Credit Union for my banking and um I worked with them. They actually had a promotion going on at the time where for a home equity line of credit, um, you could get a fixed segment at two point nine nine percent. So mm-hmm.
0: do you I, see her eyebrows go up when she uh-huh. when she tells you the low interest That's, rate? I think I <laughs> I feel you're proud of it. No, but <laughs> let
3: me explain why this is tell, a good me, tell me
0: how the segmented cause I've I have uh, I use home equity l- lines. To finance a lot of things, I only use them to finance improvements or purchases of real estate. And that's because one time I saw, and it may have been a, a UW credit union or a, it was some credit union commercial, mm-hmm. and there was a kid who said, Mom, we could get soccer uniforms. And I thought it, that made me, and it was oh. at the peak, it was like 2006, and some credit union is telling me to buy soccer uniforms with my home equity. Okay, that's that's part of the problem, people. Um, But anyway, I don't know if it was them. It might have been Summit.
3: Well, and and you actually um, it's a good thing that you don't finance those kinds of purchases, because with the new tax law, you can't itemize expenses that are non-home improvement type expenses. Mm -hmm. You used to be able to itemize all of it. And we'll back
0: and just a little bit another broad, broad, big
3: picture umbrella thing to
0: remember don't borrow money to buy things that lose value. That's right up there from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. We don't do a lot of talking about real estate books and investment uh, investment tips and tricks. Don't borrow money to buy things that lose value. Kitchens and real estate generally don't lose value. We can borrow money to buy those. Things. So you're saying these are good investments. These are good investments.
3: Okay. Right. So... Um... Also, uh, at a 2.99% interest for a home equity line of credit that you can itemize, your effective interest rate is actually lower than that because you don't pay taxes on the interest Ooh, that you pay. Great. Okay. So there's actually calculators online. I can send you a link if you would like, but- um, We'll put one in the show notes. Sure. You can um, calculate your effective interest rate and for two point nine nine percent, it's about two point one percent.
0: All right, so very low interest rate. Right. You've segmented, you've you've borrowed the entirety of that thirty-four thousand dollars.
3: Financing I, I I'm able to finance the kitchen for free because the interest that I'm paying um, is overset by the by inflation. All right. Because the money that $34,000 today is going to be with tomorrow's dollars is going to be worth less because of inflation. So in five years, if I wanted to do a kitchen remodel, it wouldn't be $34,000. It would be $37,500 at a 2% inflation rate.
0: And not to mention you couldn't afford a house in the Atwood neighborhood in six years to put that kitchen in. <laughs> yeah, no so kidding.
3: what I wanted to say, the reason I wanted to mention this is because you can people can do their the math and you know, if you if you play your cards right, you can actually essentially pay zero interest.
0: I would like to if you would allow us, I would like to you have a spreadsheet of what your I kitchen do. cost. I'm going to put a link to that spreadsheet. Of of your your whole kitchen cost, and then I will put a link to some of these uh, these calculators that allow us to determine the the real or effective interest rate mm-hmm. uh, if we were to borrow money for a home equity uh, with a seg it has to be segmented with a fixed rate, uh, and then to see if there was an opportunity after tax savings to have that effective interest rate be lower than inflation. Is that what we're talking about?
3: That's what we're talking about.
0: Well, that's fair. This is this is way headier than we've gotten before. <laughs> um, the other, the other, you know, it's Jackson Street. We had Steve Pipson in from Focus on Energy, mm-hmm. and uh, and he brought us some stuff that really, some head scratching stuff. And she here did. I've got here I've got the other immigrant neighbor, um, <laughs> telling me telling me about effective interest rates. And tax savings over the next... Anyway, you're, you're, you're smarter than me.
1: This is a day this. for learning here. This is a learning opportunity. We're surrounding ourselves here. with people smarter
0: than us. And we, we do that every time as we introduce our next segment. Yes. So let us take a break. It's time for Phil's Phone-In and a look beyond the 608. Phil's Phone-In is a service of the Penny Library Capital Campaign. Did you know that the Penny Library on the east side is the third busiest library in the Madison system? And at long last, it's getting a new modern home. Help give the project a lift by visiting the Madison Public Library Foundation website at mplfoundation.org and click the donate button. Phil Plourd calls in each episode to give us a look beyond the 608. Phil is the president of Blimling & Associate, a division of Dairy.com, today giving us a look beyond milk and cheese, beyond the
6: 608. Hey Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. One of my favorite economic sayings comes from Herbert Stein, and it goes like this, that which cannot continue won't. This came to mind the other day, when thinking about housing prices and how they keep going up up and up it's logical to wonder can it continue the only way to possibly get an idea of an answer to that question is to look at housing prices in a broader context for example can we afford the higher prices that are unfolding in the marketplace and i'll tell you what when you look at the data the answer is yeah probably Data from the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis shows that personal consumption expenditures on housing increased by 4.6% in 2018 versus 2017. Similarly, data from the National Association of Realtors shows that the average existing home sold for 4.6% more in 2018 than in 2017. And lastly, when you look at rents as measured by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they were up 3.6% in 2018. Those are all impressive numbers. But they actually pale in comparison to disposable personal income growth. That came in at 5% in 2018 versus 2017. So at a very high level, our incomes are growing at a faster rate than housing prices. Now, these are national numbers and they're kind of big picture. But if the question is, can this continue? I'd say probably. That's all for now, Ben.
0: This has been a lot of fun, Dorothea. Alexieva. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, we didn't get you to say in my country even one time. No, nothing on the tally sheet. That well, you we didn't ask me here. anything
3: about my country. <laughs>
0: Except, except whether or not that joke was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and and every, if you just joined us, the jury is still out. Yeah, I'm still
1: questioning whether or not that was true.
0: We're going we're gonna to be able to share <laughs> your, your kitchen remodel sample budget as a, again
1: a link on our show notes and that could very well help somebody who's about to approach this process look at kind of like like ballpark what's gonna what's gonna happen what can i expect to see um what are the things i might need to think about when i'm doing my remodel
0: we'll do our audio disclaimer that uh you'll find numbers there for a specific house in a specific neighborhood <laughs> right. and a specific product at a, in a specific point in time yep. um and, I and can obviously, see. everything's going to vary.
3: I can see if I can get Alex to get us a before and after picture too. That oh, might be sure. Oh, that
1: would, yes. that would okay. be lovely. Yes, Dorote, we've been speaking about your kitchen remodel project. What was the best part of it?
3: Being done. Being done. Yeah, <laughs> Being I'm guessing done. that
1: it is like <laughs> running that first load of dishes.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was an interesting experience, but it, it's work. You know, you mm-hmm. have to dedicate time, especially in the setup that we had uh, with a general contractor that mm-hmm. wasn't the, the traditional general contractor. Um, so they didn't project manage the whole thing for us. So um, it was work, but um, I guess yeah, the best part is being done, having a dishwasher.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think you made a lot of great decisions. We talked a little bit about the the risks of over improving. Um, yes. and getting out the checkbook for a brand new kitchen is, mm-hmm. is one of those ways. Uh, when Rhonda and I, uh, my business partner in Deacon housing with whom I remodel apartments, um, we, we do things very simply. Um, we put in, uh, cabinets from the Habitat Restore. Uh, we mm. act as the general contractor on all of our jobs, uh, and have formed relationships with electricians and plumbers, um, Counter, counter we Someday I hope to have Jenny from uh, Stoughton Lumber. She does all of our countertops and helps us oh, with nice. kitchen design, yeah. which is something that Dorothea had had help with as well. And just like. Finding the flow and figuring out the best use of spaces.
1: Mm-hmm. That's actually where I went with my kitchen remodel. I essentially, so I have a brother who's a, a brother in law who's a subcontractor that does construction work. I had the load bearing wall that you were exactly talking about. I, you know, I kind of had a vision of, of what my space I wanted it to be. I had two separate rooms, a dining room and a kitchen next to each other. I'm like, no, 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 this is all my kitchen right here. I want a big giant space that I can have a countertop where I could eat breakfast on and I can cook cook on the stove and go to my island and do all these things and I kind of had like this vision so I ended up going through a general contractor who did a lot of this work for me Um, if I were a wiser person and knew how to do some of the things that you did (laughs) that you'd sound like you probably saved some money I think back um, when I did my kitchen which was 2010 ish or so I went about 36 thousand on mine mm-hmm. um and that was i don't know i can't even think of like what the square footage does. a lot of that includes the countertops i put some granite in there the appliances and all those things i mean the overall process it's a stressful it's a stressful it thing to go through and um i think mentally the like the advice and maybe you have some advice for somebody who's considering the project is like prepare yourself <laughs> for not having a sink Potentially for a little while and having to rinse your dishes in the bathroom sink, which is so unfortunate. But like that might be the case <laughs> that's going to happen.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be an inconvenience. And, you know, I, I can share a couple of tips and tricks of how to survive it. Yeah, please do. Um, like, I think it's um, it would be a good idea to um, remodel your kitchen during the warmer months because you mm. could potentially grill outside when you don't have a oh. stove. Sure. Right. Also, um, just, you know, go easy on yourself and get some takeout food. And um, Mm -hmm. we we used to get like Biagi's and we could get like two meals out of um, one of their they have like these big boxed. For those of you
0: unfamiliar, that's a it's a restaurant on the (laughs) west
3: side. (laughs) All Um, the way.
0: (laughs) I just had to think about what. Oh, it's that place on the west side. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> it's close to my work. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> those are so, those are some are some great ideas, and I'm going to back up just a second though, because uh-huh. we talked because I've been in both of your kitchens. Yes, they mm-hmm. cost about. I'm hearing you say they cost they're, about the same. They're relative, I think, pretty
1: close. Your to, yeah.
0: yours, Adam, is much. Well, it's bigger but we're mm-hmm. talking about a different uh, Adam lives in a in a ranch or I said it's, it's, a, it's yep, a you got it right it's a ranch but yeah. it's got an exposed lower level and so you're out of, so there's a lot more square footage at Adam's house um, to work with um, and it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that his his probably twice as big kitchen um, cost cost about the same you know it still only has one sink it still only has mm-hmm. uh, uh, one one refrigerator and stove right. and things like that. Uh, his house uh, was perfectly suited for that kind of investment because he bought at the low, he bought uh, a foreclosure that, mm-hmm. that that was just poised for that kind of investment. Now, the thing that protects you here on Jackson Street is that you bought a house. It was a grandma house. You paid a decent price for a grandma house, but it also, because it was less than average at the time you purchased it, uh, was was well suited and was able to support that kind of investment. Again, you buy a house by Oscar Mayer, which even today, as we've uh, seen some of the lowest prices in the last few months, in the, in the mid one hundred, you know 150, 140 mm-hmm. to fifty you don't put a $35,000 kitchen in that right.
1: house. Yeah. It just can't support
0: it. We have ga- gained so much from from uh, Dorotea.
1: I'd, we should say thank you and let her let her get home. We should say thank you, Dorothea. <laughs> um, it has been fantastic to have you in as a guest. I think folks listening to this can get a lot of advice from what you've told them today.
0: Maybe a special a special shout out. We, we, we ex, et, ask the expert. Expert at in the 608.com. The mm-hmm. first email received there ever was from 1L Allison. Okay. Or wait, it might be is it the two. two Al- <laughs> Allison on the west side. Right. Uh, she said, hey, I'm thinking about a kitchen remodel. You should talk about that. That's when I called Dorotea. Uh, so special shout out to Allison for taking advantage of that expert in the 608.com email address. And uh, sending us a show idea.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the takeaways I'm going to take from you, Dorothea, is like the more you can manage some of this work yourself, the more you're going to save.
3: That's true. Yeah.
1: Well, and she
0: and she expertly she is not an expert, but she Mm -hmm. expertly managed her recent kitchen remodel. All right. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us here Yeah, when,
1: when can we be over for the next meal? <laughs> <laughs> you
0: she can hop it. on over right after the show
1: <laughs> She said it's grilling out It's almost grilling out season
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dorotea uh, thank Well, you thank you, so you for
3: inviting me to be here It was great Now's the time
1: when everything could start going downhill. You're listening to Real Estate In the 608 Madison Real Estate Magazine For your ears Ben what was that? That was neighbor
0: Dorotea, not an expert, but someone who has expertly overseen a kitchen remodel,
1: telling us the tra- travails. There was some travails, travails I think. Travails, sure, yeah. Sharing travails. The ups and downs. Um, I'm highly impressed by her financial knowledge about how she approached her project. That is quite the task. I, I know I don't know if I'd be up to that, to doing that myself, but certainly... I would be calling upon somebody just like Dorothea for help the next big project that I'm going to do. She's a spreadsheet maker. She is a spreadsheet maker. I wouldn't surprise me if there was a
0: Gantt chart involved in her her project. Go ahead and look that up. It's got two Ts.
1: G-A-N-T-T. I think one of the things of... What was that today? I think research was one of the key things that came up um, from Dorothea. She was talking about doing her homework and checking out like what's the best approach to this and being able to pivot once you realize that there is a problem with your original plan. Yeah,
0: maybe that's not going to work out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about, she talked about getting references. Yeah. Those are the... the uh, the backbone of my of my career is is someone who will say something nice about me. <laughs> um, she was able to find some people who would said nice things about uh, about the contractor she chose, uh, and it turned out to be a match. Um, I'll go I'll go ahead and let's go. I'm going to go ahead and put a link to there. I'll find their website at mm-hmm. Blue, Blue Terra Designs. They had a nice sign out in the yard. I didn't deal with them, and it's not an endorsement. But hey, she liked them enough and really loves her new kitchen, including that dishwasher.
1: And, uh, but if you need Ben, I'm glad to give you my endorsement. Ben Anton is a nice guy. <laughs> Adam Elliott said it right here on Real Estate in the 608. <laughs> maybe a little biased. Yeah, maybe a little biased. It could be, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, we also talked about the definition of averages. <laughs>
0: today. Yes. Is, is
1: the definition of average
0: changing? Average is changing. Average does. While the definition up. of average remains the same. <laughs> average in Madison is changing.
1: Yeah, and uh, it seems to be on an upward trend right now.
0: Yeah, and it's not that the same. I don't think, I think when the average, I for whatever reason, $235,000 was the average mm-hmm. last time I paid attention to it. That was several years ago. I think you're getting a slightly nicer house for the average of $300,000 today. I think so. But I that's because that's I think the average person
1: has higher expectations. mm mm-hmm. That may want to come into a house that already has a finished kitchen. Exactly. A beautiful kitchen
0: like the one at Dorotea's house. Mm -hmm. A newsletter plug. Yes. Uh, Tell us about the 22. The 22nd, 22nd read. Mm -hmm. It's a real estate newsletter delivered to your desk on the 22nd of every month and written in easy-to-digest segments taking no longer than 20
1: seconds to read. Mm-hmm. And you figured out this logic. While we say that Real Estate in the 608 is Madison's real estate magazine for your ears, the 22nd is... The 22nd 20-second read is a podcast for your eyes. Oh, someday I'm going to get that.
0: You'll find some <laughs> podcast highlights as well as a far more in-depth market update
1: and, uh, and some tidbits... Uh, to help you be a better homeowner. Absolutely. We should do some thank yous. Uh, first of all, thank you, the listener, for tuning in today and uh, joining us on this journey where we talked about kitchen remodels uh, yep. today. We should thank our guest, and I'm going to do it one more time, and I think I'm going to do it right. I really hope that Dorotea Alexieva. There you go. Did I get it? Yes. Dorothea, thank you so much for joining us today. It was, it was a pleasure to uh, chat with you.
0: We'll thank also our our musician friends for letting us play their music. Uh, Renclaw, Bob Westfall, Seesaw, Mad City Jug Band. That's right. Love it. Where am I going to see you around town, Ben? I will see you at Woodman's. Yeah, you got some shopping on a to do? Busy, on a busy day when it's beautiful and everybody wants to get some briquettes.
1: Oh, right. The, the grilling out season. There's yeah. the smell
0: of charcoal in the air, isn't there? I'm going to get my meat at the Jennifer Street Market, but I'm probably going to Woodman's for the briquettes.
1: <laughs> I think that's a wise choice. <laughs> <laughs> and where will you be, Adam? Uh, you're going to see me in the backyard. I got some projects. I got a deck. I'm glad you mentioned the deck, that. A deck. Of,
0: 100% return 100% on that investment. 100%. 110 even, I think. Oh, it. that means I... It's going to be nice. I can plate it with gold, right? <laughs> are you working in some uh, some powder-coated uh, metal finishes? Uh, negative to that.
1: So I will Stainless just... steel? Mm, no? It's all going to be wood, but I'm going to be replacing the deck surface with like uh, the composites. Composite. As, upo- as opposed to the stainables. I think we'll be talking about the railing
0: systems, and I've got some ideas for you that are going to add some sizzle.
1: I will listen to those ideas when you present them, and they will <laughs> sizzle. I am almost guaranteed that they will. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Adam. Thank you.
2: Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. And could be. Taking it. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours? Did you buy in at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat, cause you got someone else you'd rather me And we could be.